Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Believers have God's promise that when we faithfully obey Him and don't give up, we will enjoy the very best returns. Let the Lord encourage your heart as Joe Vasek, pastor of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury, Connecticut, urges us to stay the course. The desire to be the greatest is not a righteous desire, but the desire to achieve true greatness is a righteous desire. The distinction between the two is clear in the incident recorded in Matthew 20, verses 20 through 28. James and John were disciples of Jesus, and they were brothers. On this occasion, James and John's mother approaches Jesus with a request. Verses 20 and 21. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. She wasn't talking about the millennial kingdom age when Jesus will reign on the earth for 1,000 years. No, she, like most of Jesus' followers, seemed to think that Jesus was about to take charge and reign as king right then. And so she was asking Jesus, when you take over, whether it's next week or in a few months, can my sons be seated in the most exalted positions beside you? Of course, Jesus knew the flaws of her question, but instead of taking the time to straighten out her doctrine, he used her question as an opportunity to teach her and all of his disciples who were sitting right there some important truths about what it means to be great in the eyes of God. First, Jesus responded to the mom and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Not only was he telling her that things were not going to unfold the way she was thinking they would unfold, but he was also telling her that the prestige that she was envisioning for her sons was not where true greatness was to be found. Then Jesus turns to James and John and asks them, Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? It seems pretty clear that James and John had been in on this request with their mom. And when Jesus asked them this question, they must have thought that they actually had a shot at having their request granted. You can almost see them standing up straight and tall, and looking Jesus in the eye as they answer, We are able. But when Jesus asked James and John, Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? and to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with, I believe he was asking them, are you really sure that you're ready for what you're going to be called upon to do? Whether or not they understood it, Jesus was asking them to surrender to the challenge and the sacrifices that lay ahead for them as they continued to follow him. And with his answer to them, Jesus confirms that this is what he was asking. Jesus said, ye shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. They still don't know what he means, but he's giving them tools that will help them later. And in case you're asking, why didn't Jesus just come out and tell them what he was talking about? He had been telling them, but they weren't hearing him. So instead, he's preparing them. He steers them away from the seated next to his throne in his kingdom image that was in their heads by saying, to sit in my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. Of course, that's when the other ten disciples all turned self-righteous against James and John. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. But you know they'd each been hoping that Jesus would deny those positions to James and John and award it to them instead. 
Jesus moves the conversation forward from their foolishness and teaches all of them some things that they need to learn about what it means to be truly great. He shows them that the desire to be the greatest is not a righteous desire, but the desire to achieve true greatness is a righteous desire. First, Jesus tells his disciples that true greatness doesn't follow the world's pattern and definition of greatness. He said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. God doesn't measure greatness the same way we do. And if you pursue the world's definition of greatness, you are sure to not please God. True greatness demands that you seek and find an eternal scriptural philosophy of life. Jesus told them that true greatness focuses on the needs of others. He said, Whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. True greatness takes the initiative to serve others. Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. When you're tempted with the desire to be the greatest, to outdo somebody else, overcome it by serving the person who you see as your rival. True greatness allows the example of Jesus to define its purpose. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. True greatness sacrifices for others to succeed. Jesus said that he came to give his life a ransom for many. To be a disciple of Jesus, we've got to define greatness the way Jesus defines it. We've got to understand and believe that the desire to be the greatest is not a righteous desire, but the desire to achieve true greatness is a righteous desire. I'm so glad that the pursuit of true greatness is not a competition, that every one of us can achieve true greatness without stomping on anyone else. Christian, God wants to help you achieve true greatness in your life. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at staythecourse at nbcdanbury.org. God bless you.